This is Lisa Van Dam, founder of and literature teacher at Van Dam Academy, a private K-8 school in Orange County, California. I'm also the founder of the Read With Me app, a program meant to help adults connect emotionally with the classics. This story is called Chronicles of Quarantine. My youngest daughter Coco and I recently contracted COVID, and for 10 days we stayed quarantined together in a single room. It was a little crucible of life experience, having all our time together so concentrated and close up. For several of those days, I felt flattened, unable to do much more than lie on my back, stare at the ceiling, and will the clock hands to move more quickly. Since I couldn't provide Coco much companionship, I resorted to letting her spend a lot of time watching TV shows and YouTube videos on her iPad. When I had recovered some strength, it was time to give more structure to our days. My plan was for us to read together, do craft projects and puzzle books, and make up the work she had missed at school. Now, all the many hours she had watched her iPad, cuddled up on the little divan in the corner of my room, she sat contented, quiet, and uncomplaining. But when I called her over next to me to do some problems in her math workbook, the grumbling immediately began. It was fascinating to watch her. The following was typical. With the book open before her, she would start reading one of the word problems and then stop glazed over after the first sentence. I'd prompt her to continue. She would finish reading the problem and immediately start twisting and contorting her body as if she were physically uncomfortable. When I'd urge her to try answering the question, she would say indignantly, I'm stretching! Finally, she would start into the answer, only to get distracted again midstream. I'd call her back to the problem, and she would say, with a tone of frustration, Okay, okay, okay! She put more mental energy into work avoidance than the work itself would have taken. When we came to a problem that said, Ten dolls cost seventy dollars. How much does one doll cost? She threw down her pencil and declared, self-satisfied, That can't be solved. They might not cost the same. I confess that tactic was especially cute, but it still needed to be overcome. It took a lot of patience on my part to get through this transition back to work because her behavior felt so frustrating. But I saw pretty quickly that it was nothing more than that, a transition. After about three problems, I would see her settle into mental effort, work with a steadier focus, and take satisfaction from the solutions. Now, I don't think many of you would claim that when she was quietly watching her iPad, she was in a state of focus. While there is some amount of attention needed to follow the plots of her silly sitcoms, she was mostly mentally inert. It's a largely passive experience with a steady drip of dopamine to keep her content. I had to wean her from the hazy pleasure of her iPad stupor and bring her back to a world where inertia is something to be overcome. The focused state of working was so transparently superior. I think of the TV-watching condition as a kind of slack-jawed flabbiness where you're letting yourself atrophy while the world passes by. That might be an overly harsh description if its place in your life is confined, but it is accurate when it starts to over-creep its limits. When Coco got down to working, she was animated, thoughtful, strong, satisfied, and proud. 
and she was making progress, growing, stretching, becoming more fit for life. Everything I've said thus far might be so obvious it hardly seems worth saying, but it's important context for a point I want to make that might also be obvious, but I still believe it's worth stressing. As Joseph and I contemplate the creation of app-based learning tools, there is something we seek scrupulously to avoid. I've had many people insist I have to do things like gamify the program and create visually stimulating graphics to draw the children in. And I've seen endless examples of edtech products striving to do just that. In the development of their apps, I see few that make a clear differentiation and draw a definitive line between those states of focus and flabbiness, attention and atrophy, progress and passivity. They measure their success too much by immediate student enthusiasm and not enough by sustained and meaningful satisfaction, fulfillment, and growth. I am confident that tech can be a tool for the delivery of quality material. But rather than modeling itself off the elements that make children mentally passive, it needs to maintain an intransigent commitment to guiding kids through that transition I observed in Coco into a healthy, dynamic state. It's a big, abstract, and in some ways obvious point that I still feel is important to document as a benchmark for our ambitions. Every element of our products must be devoted to the promotion of sober, present, and active thinkers, not kids seeking a purportedly educational version of that blitzed-out high.